welcome and hello and every other salutation I can think of that I can't actually think of. <laughs> All two <To>, of them. <laughs> All two of them. To Toonhound, your animated foray. Oh, for God's sake. Fortnightly foray into all things animated. <laughs> we We're could, not cutting it out. We could be an animated foray. They don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of animation uh, and cartoons and silliness, I did something incredibly stupid last night. What did you do? Um, but I'm... I was cutting. I was so we were having tacos, and I was making them while Rachel was uh, sending Evan to his aunts and uncles for the weekend. Um, and I went to cut a lime, and oh. the lime squirted up, hit me <laughs> under the glasses in my eye, and Ow. then in a, in a flailingness, I cut open my finger at the knuckle. For God's sake! It's like final destination. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was. It's hurting, and I've got lime juice in the cut. Obviously. Oh God! So um, yeah, so I was like, so I was crying because I had lime juice in my eye <laughs> and bleeding all over the chopping board, and was had hurt myself with acid. Oh so, God! Uh, you, yeah, you had, you had but, a nightmare. You had a but the tacos time. were nice. Yeah, well, that's good. The tacos <laughs> are incredibly nice. Um, I am one of your hosts, Rich Masters, and with me, as always, is my old buddy, old pal, Spiffsy. You're right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You? Um, I bought new shoes, and they're killing my feet. It's like it's really uh, painful. Yeah. We need we need to live in a society where we can hire um, people to do that for us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, they've got a spare ten minutes. Can did, you wear this wear these shoes? In some, for me? Somebody did it for the Queen. She had a shoe shoe woman who would wear her shoes and walk around the around the palace so that she could wear them. I mean, that sounds so, perfect. So why can't I have that? Uh, you know, like, there's people who could benefit from this, like a, a secondary income, like a stay-at-home yeah, mum yeah. or something. You give them the shoes and Freelance. you say, although, <laughs> give, give this um, long-footed freak stay-at-home mum <laughs> yeah. a pair of shoes and say, could you please wear these out for me because I cannot wear them to work today because I am bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> bleeding from the heels. <laughs> please help me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you oh, long-legged well, freak. <laughs> Sideshow Bob wearing out your shoes on you. Um, yeah, apart from that, I'm cutting my finger open. I'm all right. I've had a a week at work. Oh, um, there's always yeah, a week those, at work. Well, my boss is off for uh, seven days now, uh, which is good because mm. he's off and I've no one to answer to. Well, that's good. Uh, but also, it means that all his work falls on me. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so uh, that's a that's then, a double edged sword. Yeah, and then everyone who everyone else in the organisation is technically 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 <laughs> get <Christ>. right <laughs> uh, now managed by me. So uh, I get everyone's uh, problems. So are you uh, getting paid anymore for that, or? Oh, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> didn't think so. Um, my, the problem with how I write the contracts for our organisation is I put all other duties as relevant to the charity. And that is good because it means that, you know, if we want someone to do something a tiny bit extra, they can't say, that's not in my job description. Oh, yeah. um, but it means that I can't also say, that's not in my job description. <laughs> you fucked so, yourself. <laughs> I did, I did. But it only happens like a couple of weeks of the year, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we it's... get a lot of leave in the UK, so what, yeah, six six weeks a year. It's We're never at work really. over here. Yeah, lazy. That's our problem. Yeah, that's why the economy's going to shit. Yeah, it's all Not the workers' of fault. Rich people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this week we are discussing high fantasy. Yeah, and I think you know the general consensus of high fantasy is a fantasy story where a whole new world has been created. Yeah, I always think like the bit where you can tell if it's a high fantasy compared to a regular fantasy is if there's 
there's a line in it where somebody's like, by Chaw's knaves, the yeah. moon landing has been extrandified by the Gingo Brocklin. Like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck it's are they talking about? Heavy amounts of lore. Yeah. Uh, not... Normally an established narration, establishing yeah. narration, because it's so complicated at the start. <laughs> and it's um, when the lore is being like sort of dropped on, it's not done in mm. an expositionary sort of way. It's more matter of fact. It's like this yes. is this is just how this world is. You'll come Page to understand one. it in time. <laughs> Page one. How why things happen here like this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about Big Fish and Begonia, um, which was Spitty's pick, and then we're going to pick uh, talk about one of my absolute favourite cartoons um, in modern times, The Dragon Prince, um, mm-hmm. which you'd never seen before. No, I hadn't, no. So I'm interested to see, and he- well, here really, because this is an audio medium. Um, is it? What you felt of it. it well, I mean, yeah, we don't... Yeah. I could see you. Oh, well, I mean, I haven't activated my spy cams this morning. Okay. So uh, you can see what a mess my office is at the moment, obviously. Um, I've got um, Lego figures all over the desk because I managed to get all of the um, Marvel uh, blind bag next set of minifigs. I got all of them. Um, Yeah, so I got... Um, a werewolf by night sitting by me and he's got the bloodstone it's really cool <laughs> that is cool it's really cool he was the one I wanted most of all and Mr Knight oh um, I want the Mr Knight one yeah I need yeah, to go buy really one good. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to be a collector I'm not going to like try to get all of them I just the thi- one of them they are all good apart from uh, Bill Foster Goliath which is a bit sort of like why is he in the set <laughs> that's probably um, the one I'd end up getting <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or um, they do Echo. But Echo's pretty cool because she comes with a, um artificial leg mm. piece and an entirely new hair piece. This is a boring cool. Lego conversation that <laughs> should, probably, should probably keep for off air. Um, so you're going to go first this morning. Yeah. Um, so tell listeners about Big Fish and Begonia because I would be surprised if less if more than like 5% of the people who listen had seen Big Fish and Begonia or even heard of it. Yeah, which is a shame because it's a really good movie. It's really good. Um, it's a 2016 Chinese film. It's um, in Mandarin. Uh, it started off as in about, I think it was 2004, they did a seven minute long flash animation for it, mm-hmm. which um, was put online and it ended up becoming quite popular. And they tried to crowdfund the opportunity to make a feature length film. But it took like twelve years for this to actually like yeah. come to any kind of fruition because of uh, you know budgeting issues. They couldn't get people to finance it, and he kept having to go on to like um, the is it Weibo, the Chinese social media? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, he had to go on there to like advertise it basically to get people to actually yeah. be interested in this movie, and eventually it did manage to come out. And Big Fish and Begonia is um, it's mostly based on like Chinese. Chinese myths from the, I think it's the Zhuangzi. Yeah, the Tao. Um, yeah, the Taoist text. It's not the foundational yeah. text of Taoism. And uh, this geography text called Classics of Mountains and Seas, which is, mm-hmm. um, it's the folklore that they put into this movie. Yeah. I don't know enough about Chinese folklore to know which is which or if, what kind of like combination of stories it would be. Because I, th- I think that most of like the, creation myth that they put into this not the mm-hmm. you know the dead world and all that aren't established chinese myth but i'm not no, sure it seems, it seems like um this is coming from someone who isn't familiar with um taoist mythology yeah um it seems like they took 
little bits from like inspirational little bits from um most of the mythological texts yeah and stuff I think like so. that yeah like sort of glanced at them rather than um was uh, yeah it's not like held, a, a direct translation of yeah exactly yeah. Which is, um, I think, it's impressive because it, yeah. the the mythology in the movie flows really, really well. Like it feels yeah. like it's an established thing, but it's mm. um, there's in the the world of Big Fish and Begonia, there's the human world, and then there is like another realm underneath the seas. Yeah, there's a portal under yeah. the bottom of the sea, effectively, and it's kind of like the bottom of the sea is the sky to this other other world. Yeah. But they, yeah, there's like a layer of clouds holding up the sea. Yeah, but they establish at the start of the movie that they aren't they aren't human and they aren't gods. They're kind mm. of like in control of nature for the human yeah, cause, world. Yeah, because they have a... They're almost like um, spirits. Yeah. They're almost yeah. like the embodiment of the forest. Yeah, and it's like um, different families are in control of different aspects of nature. I really liked that. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. I, I liked that, you know, it was a family line of forest um users essentially because they're like magic users um what i uh really liked as well is that they had their own gods but they did they were Mm. sort of coming out of transitioning out of believing in them yeah yeah it's 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 very clever how it's done it's like Mm. the world building and the lore in it is it's fascinating like i wanted to know more about how their society like uh, like ingratiated itself. Like the bit that got me was when he when they go to the where the souls are being kept and the like the souls mm-hmm. are being kept in those um those small like fish bowls. Yeah. Who built that? Where did that building yeah. come from? No idea. Like I want to know. I want to know more about that sort of thing. But the plot it's... of <laughs> Big Fish and Begonia before we get too like in the weeds with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, every six on the sixteenth birthday, people from this like other realm are given a week to go to the human human world to just check things out see how nature is mm. faring but they're all told to keep away from the humans there's still yeah. there's like a um the humans are bad sort of thing but i think it's more that they don't understand the humans more than anything I, else i don't think it's like I, a, a war thing or anything like that yeah i thought it was like um almost like uh did you watch the dub or did you watch the i watched the, the dub. original right i watched the dub as well because i was just like it oh no 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 I, watched so, the sub. I watched it with the, the, oh. the original language yeah i watched the dub and i was because i was going to watch the sub and i thought a spooky's going to watch it but the yeah. dub was so good mm. um that i just kept watching it i think it might have been a lost in translation thing in that they weren't bad per se yeah they were misguided yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that could be. Um, yeah. yeah, because of the slaughter of sea creatures and yeah. things like that. Yeah, because sea creatures are like play a huge part in this movie. Yeah, because it's that um, when when a person dies, their soul becomes a small fish. Yeah, and, and when someone's transitioning in their um, sort of age of what are they called uh, coming of age ritual, yeah, they turn into a dolphin. Yes, yeah. for a week. Yeah. So uh, the main character Chun has just turned sixteen, and she's given like the mm-hmm. week to go and. Uh, view the human world and she turns into a dolphin and they, it's like a, a whole ritual thing that they do where there's like a um, like a sage sort of character who opens mm. up the portal between the two worlds yeah and they go and they go up like a, a huge whirlpool I feel like whirlpools have got quite a, a big part to play in this movie as well yeah it's almost like um, it's uh, like transition yeah like the transition yeah. the whole film's about transition isn't it like it is yeah, uh, yeah. child to adult world to world life to death 
uh, nature to sort of like, uh, you know, like the natural world and the human world and stuff like that. Mm. So she goes uh, into the human world where she meets this this man who like loves marine life and he's like yeah. he's like a, a, a man of the sea and yeah. she kind of like it's like a sort of friendship between the two of them without it being a proper friendship because I mean of course he doesn't know that she's a real person no. he thinks that she's a she's a dolphin but there's this brilliant bit of animation in it where he kind of, he like coats himself in fish food like yeah. like a sort of like chum. And jumps into the sea and lets all the fish eat the food off of him. And yeah, like, and you get the swarm of mackerel, don't yeah, you? Yeah, they're like sw- a like ball it's, around him. Yeah. It's really good. It looked real. Yeah. Because um, I watched it with Evan yesterday. We both watched it together. And he said, do fish really do that? And I was like, yeah, they do. They do it for protection and mm. things like that and to feed. Yeah, it was really impressive. Like That, that was one impressive. of my favourite parts of the movie was that, was that part. Um, yeah. There's, so there's something, there's like a storm and she has been like, sort of watching this guy from afar because i think she's got a bit of like i don't think it's a crush per se but i think it's like a fascination, fascination. Yeah. yeah where she's like been watching them and she gets tangled up in some netting and he jumps into the water to save her and he ends up getting sucked into the whirlpool and dying that's very sad yes it is yeah it's really sad yeah because she is like distraught yeah. even from the beginning when she's like first stuck inside the netting yeah. Like, it doesn't get any better from that point on. No. And the whole film is about her guilt. Yeah. Every decision yeah. she makes is to, to due to the fact that, like, this boy saved her. And, like, during her flipping about and freaking out, she was the one who knocked him into the whirlpool. Yeah. She blames herself for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. I mean, it was her fault, but yeah. she was terrified. At the it was time. an accident. Yeah. Yeah. It was an accident. <laughs> so, um,. The boy has like this ocarina that he plays all the time. Well, they call it a flute. Which is so cool. They call so it a flute, cool. in it, but it is an ocarina. It's shaped it's like a dolphin. Ocarina. It does look really cool yeah. though. And she takes it with with her and returns to her own world. And while when she goes back to her own world, she, she visits this. She visits the Soul Keeper. I think it was called. Yeah. Where the Soul He's, Keeper. She, they're says, like a witch. Yeah, yeah. They say that there is a way to bring him back. But it's like incredibly taboo to do. Like nobody's meant mm. to do it, and she would have to give half of her lifespan in order to revive, <laughs> revive the boy. Yeah, it's taboo because um, humans are forbidden for being f- from being alive down in there. You're allowed yeah, to keep yeah. their souls down there, which is a bit confusing. Yeah, but humans aren't any representation of humanity is not allowed down in the their world it's um it's kind of like an eldritch thing isn't it yeah like the yeah. idea of something from another world like taking up the space yeah somewhere else and it being uh having almost like climate climatological effects yeah it's like a butterfly effect sort of thing yeah. like the it's like pushing out too much matter and it's freaking out the <laughs> freaking out the yeah unbalancing the equation yeah sort of thing yeah and souls in this world are in the form of baby dolphins they're so cute which is very cute and she's told that she has to nurture the baby dolphin to adulthood and then it will be able to return to mm. its own world through through one of the whirlpools but it has to, it's like a um it's like they're in, in indexterably linked now yes like the two of them are because it's yeah. half half of her lifespan is like him now, yeah. 
which I think that comes back a couple of times, the idea that they're linked together and yeah, other characters yeah. are linked to them as well, which um, it's interesting. They're effectively soulmates, but not yeah. in the love love way. Yeah. They're, like, they're linked by a sort of trauma and, um, you know, death and life. Yeah, there's a few points in the movie where you think, is this a love story? But yeah. I, d- I don't really think it is. Well, I don't think it is because at the end they don't have any genitals. And I wonder if that was deliberate yeah. to sort of say um, they're, they're naked at the end of the film and they don't have any reproductive organs. Mm. And I wonder if that was to be very explicit about that and say, you know, like they, it's not a romantic love. They yeah, are could be. Twins, yeah. Um, which yeah. I might be overthinking things and it might be just because they didn't want to animate a 16 year old girl's genitals which is also a valid reason yeah, for there not yeah. being that in the film <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the soul stuff in these movies because mm. I think it's I like I said a bit last week this gives me proper spirited away vibes oh yeah it's spirited away meets little mermaid yeah that's what it says film. on the box on the uh, yeah and it's <laughs> absolutely right it I is, was yeah, like, I yeah. hate, I, you know what? I hate when people do that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like The Room meets uh, Troll 2. And you're like, oh, it's not going to be as good as either <laughs> of those films. Um, what a, but what this a combination. Is like, <laughs> yeah. But this is like a perfect summation of these films. It is, yeah. Like, it it's, is. Um, it's like a reverse Little Mermaid, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Little but, human. Yeah. <laughs> the little human. Yeah. Um, I quite like, uh, like... Artistic representations of the soul in things. Yeah. I think it's like it's so like esoteric because like I mean I don't believe in the existence of a soul. I don't think it's a real thing. No. So that's not what it's like. I think the reason the, that I like it, but I think the um, misunderstanding of the soul is like the basic um, conservation of energy principle. Yeah. Um, like you know, energy cannot be destroyed or created. It can only be converted from one type to another. So when the energy that is in your body, be it kinetic and chemical, breaks down and you die, yeah, it joins the earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think people think that that energy is some sort of soul. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, so I can understand it because it provides comfort for people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This yeah, is about as think, nice yeah. as I'm ever going to get about religion. Um, <laughs> but so I can see that people take comfort in that. But I take more comfort in the fact that, you know, the the essence of my being will return to the earth. Final Fantasy style. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be um, circle of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, we we say this, and it's um it fits in really well with this movie because yeah, when characters die in Chun's reality, like the the other world, yeah, they don't disappear; they become some part of nature. Every time we see yes. a character die, they become something else. Like her grandmother must have died to become the bird, right? Yeah, she. That's... Um, they they say that in um later on in the film. There's, I don't. He might not have been in the in the dub, but in the sub version, mm. they say that she she died and turned into the into the phoenix. Phoenix, and then it's like three years later that the grandfather dies. Yeah, and that's why they like linked together at the end. It's got yeah. that they've got like they they've got that 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 soul like connection as well. Mm. It's oh, it's it's. I want people to watch this movie. I really liked the. Um... <laughs> It's difficult because they they in my opinion they split two characters where one should exist mm. the soul keeper and the rat catcher the uh, the rat be this... woman 
Yeah. Does she have a name? I don't think that she's I ever. Don't I think know. she's called like the Rat Matron or something. Uh, but hold on, she, um, she, I think she is like an antithesis to the Soul Keeper because her yeah. mice are the souls of sinners, mm. and whereas the uh, the guy with the dolphins has like the souls of good people. Mm. I think that's like the, the. I think they are like a Zeus Hades sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I think because it was in an, you know, hour and 40 minute film. Yeah. I feel like that was somewhat lost a mm, little bit. Yeah. The yeah, rats, well. and it doesn't yeah. help that the rats are really cute. Yeah, they are really cute. Yeah. Um, I love it when they go in the big suit and sew themselves. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Giant <laughs> rat automata. Um, I, Zhao is a um, weird character. Yeah. I, um, it took um, me a while to really get his deal. Like I didn't, yeah. I did to begin with. I didn't realize that they were childhood friends. Like I didn't yes. think they had known each other for that long. When he drops yeah. the um the flower pot to catch your attention, yeah, I, I thought, thought he was a bully. Yeah, I did as well. I just thought he was being a bit weird. But um, but his whole story is so sad. It is. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the the Did, did you watch the mid credit yeah. scene? Yeah, yeah. Good. Even sadder. <laughs> yep. Even sadder. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I felt sorry for him. Yeah. It's um. It it was like an unrequited love story. It's very tragic. Yeah, he loves Chun. Chun uh, feels too connected with Kun to, um, which is the name of the uh, boy boy's soul as the dolphin. She names him mm. Kun because she doesn't know his name, and it's a legendary massive fish. Yeah, um, it's um, like a fish lord. It it's so big that it blocks out the sky when it's yeah, it's uh, the Jabu Jabu. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Um, but Zhao loves Chun and wants her to stay, and she feels compelled to go with him to the human world and protect him. So mm. he Zhao helps her, um, and then when she uh, he finds out she only has a half life, he sacrifices his entirety of his mm-hmm. soul yeah. in order to send her to the human world so she can live a full life. Yeah, and he um, when he sacrifices himself, it's another one where he becomes part of nature because he becomes the wind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It so comes the wind and then also replaces the soul keeper. Yeah, yeah. Which um, uh, I, I think it would have been better if he'd stayed as like an, not a an physical, yeah, like a, not a physical yeah. manifestation of anything if he stayed yeah. just the wind. Because I feel yeah. like it would be a bit more, uh, like when she's in the human world, she would know that he was still there. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was. A, I think I, I think that the mid credit scene kind of ruins the climax of the film a bit. Yeah, because I, I I got the fact that he had turned into wind. Mm, yeah, I didn't need another little bit at the end. Yeah, I would suggest not watching the mid credit scene and just leaving the film as it is. Mm, yeah, I would as well. Yeah. Um. The the animation in general is mm. just beautiful. It it's looks like really a watercolor good. painting. Yeah. Um. I. I really liked the uh, the way they portrayed the environmental damage that was happening because Kun stayed in the uh, spirit world, underwater realm, whatever we want to mm, call it. Yeah. Um, like there's floods and there's um, snow and like famine is happening, it seems, as well. And then at the end, there's like tsunamis and things like that. And they try and kill Kun. Yeah. Um, that that whole thing. That So I feel like if there is a negative... It's that their hatred and their sort of let's form a mob and kill a giant fish mm-hmm. 
is not really justified. I don't think it is either. It's a, I think a lot of it is based on fear of the unknown yeah. because yeah. they've always been sort of in control of nature and at this point nature yeah. is fighting back. Like I can understand like the where they're coming from for it. But mm. it felt needlessly antagonistic. Yeah. Especially towards Chun. Because her like yeah. mother is just awful to her in parts of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's all out. Um, it's, it is out of a sense of love. Yeah, it's fear, isn't it? She's yeah. Terrified of the fact that she is going to ruin her own life. Yeah. Or what's left of it. Um. Um. Did you notice that as Kun gets bigger, the temple area where they first went into the portal, mm-hmm. it gets more and more broken down. As, yeah. as he gets bigger and when he's like the biggest size it's like a mess like it's, it's really it's, unusable I, to the point that i thought it was an older temple at first and yeah. I was like, oh no it's the same temple yeah which is really cool it's a nice like little yeah. uh, juxtaposition between the two of them like he is get, yeah. gaining strength and like the entire basis of their society is crumbling around them mm. uh, i think it's really clever as well that when chun realizes the damage she has done she sends kun back to the human world or tries to, he mm. refuses to go without her. And then she merges with her grandfather, who has died oh, yeah. and then become yeah. a tree. Yeah, that's the begonia. Um, to make a giant tree that they can all live in to escape the rising seawater. And it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when, I, I think one of the my favourite bits is like, about the film is the the Coon's presence is breaking down the barrier between the human world and the spirit yeah. world. So yeah. it's like giant plumes of water falling into their world yeah they have to plug the holes in the sky with the tree with the tree which is i love that kind of thing this like yeah it's so like early creation myth isn't it yeah it's like yeah. you know like the egyptian one that it was um the one of the gods bending over was the sky mm. like, it's like that sort of thing like i love that kind of enormity in these really like religion yeah like the titans it's yeah, just, yeah 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 i yeah. love that sort of thing <laughs> Or like um, the world tree. I, yeah, and that's probably linked in some way to this myth because I can't imagine the the growing of a giant tree in this production isn't directly taken from Taoism. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I, I really like that the rat matron just gets away. Yeah, I do as well, yeah. She gets away with it. She, do, yeah. she isn't caught. Um, she's like really good at manipulation. She tries to take Kuhn um, and, you know, she lets people know that of, of the deal and stuff like that. And then she just goes. She gets away yeah. because she's stolen the ocarina so she can <laughs> pass through the, the Oh, yeah, portal. that's, that's a, a thing you need. Uh, like a token from the human world to be able to yeah. to go into the human world. And Kuhn can do it because he is human. Yeah. Now, I think what's not really explained is that when, when Chun merges with her grandfather and becomes the bigger begonia mm, tree, yeah. Kuhn, when he breaks a branch off of it, I think his wish to the Soul Keeper is to make her human, which is how she can pass over rather than bring her back to life. Yes, yeah, because he he's, when they bring her back to life, he says that she don't have any of the magic left. Yeah, so that is that's not explicitly said that that bit is, but it's not mm. explicitly said that that means that she is now human. Yeah, it just means that she hasn't got any magic, but Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the implication is that she is a human now. Yeah. Yeah. But and then they both swell up from the water and are able to breathe air, but it's the the fact that they are naked but they are genitalless is slightly unsettling to mm, me. Yeah, yeah. I I initially thought it was a censorship thing. 
Yeah. But I feel like yeah. they would have done it in a different way because it's it's, like it's explicit. Shadows. Yeah. 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 Because at the start of the film, when um, Kun or whatever his real name is, is um, in the water floating, yeah, you he only see him from the is back. hidden. Yeah. He only, so, yeah, you only see his butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, both of them are gentleness and it is unsettling it mm, makes them look yeah. like they are not quite human anymore and it's the fact that where they are in the human world is they're just like in the middle of the water yeah there's no land anywhere it's just like yeah. an endless expanse of sea but yeah. shallow enough that they're able to stand yeah and i didn't know whether that was because you know they are gods here now yeah i wondered if they were dead mm. and they'd gone to like a, another like the world between yeah but like I, a limbo. I think that might be a bit. I don't think they would have yeah. like established that at this <laughs> like a late stage. No, of the film. no, <laughs> but... no. I, I wonder if it is just the fact that it was just easier to do that than to do censorship. Maybe. You know, yeah. yeah. I feel like probably. Um, but it's open enough to interpretation. The soundtrack was so beautiful. It was so mm, good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, the, the, like, the artistic really element of this film is like, mm. it's it's really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> the animation's fantastic. The, mm-hmm. like, even the CG parts, some yeah. of it is a bit like uh, shiny looking. Yeah. But it's not to its detriment. It, like, I think and it fits with the aesthetics of the film. Cause when, yeah, like, it doesn't juxtapose, does it? Yeah, because whenever they do like a, a CG section, it's always mm. something to do with nature or the fish from the human world. So mm. I feel like it's like uh, it's just from an, it's like another reality to them, which is why it looks slightly different to everything else. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think it worked for the, uh, you know, the aesthetics of it. Um, I was really impressed by the uh, voice acting in the dub. Mm. Um, I thought it was really great. I'll give it a go. Um, I wouldn't mind watching it again, so I might watch it with the no. dub. Uh, and I imagine some of the words are slightly changed as well. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, her grandfather is such a cool character. Yeah, I love like that part his... where his his beard and his hair are yep. like flowing on the floor, and it like uh, roots. Yeah, and it, then it transitions into it being rivers. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it's it's really clever, really like connected with nature. Yeah, um, I like the fact that he, her grandmother is a phoenix and still visits his grandfather and mm. doesn't really understand. Um, language anymore but it's just there emotionally yeah i like um, that she, um chun refers to her just as grandma as well yeah but like it's still yeah. her grandmother even though it's a phoenix yeah um the the fire family mm. the guy whose hair is flames was really good yeah um, like he looked animated really well he looked so much like the akuma I was thinking the the bad guy from one of the Pokemon games. <laughs> oh, I I just saw him and I thought like he's missing some giant beads to be a Kuma. <laughs> yeah, I wonder um, if that's um, I wonder if they're based on the same character. Maybe because it did give me um, like um, uh, Sun Wukong vibes as well. Yeah. Um, another bit I really liked was the um, dragon dog statue. Yeah, who yeah. stands at the shore and tells them how to get to the afterlife or, you know, the Soul Keeper. You know, it's essentially a River Styx yes, uh, yeah. type of myth. Yeah, and there's um, like, um, there is like a Karen character, that, uh, the, mm-hmm. the mushroom-looking guy with the eye on his back yeah. and the three arms. Yeah. He was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's so weird, though. There's, there's um, a lot I- of, like, um, the mythological creatures in the film that don't have any, like, deep 
relevance to the plot, yeah. but it's just cool to see them in the background, which I think is like a pretty good indication of high fantasy as well. Like when yeah. there's stuff in the background that isn't explained, but it just it feels like there's something to them. Yeah, um, I like that the Soul Keeper has lots of cats. Yeah, uh, because no one else would want to spend time with someone so miserable, and he turns the cats into like simulacra of himself, so he can play mahjong with them. Yeah, um, which is really clever. Which I, th- I think uh, it's um, it's another like a difference between him and the rat matron as well. Yeah, that she has ma- she has mice and he has cats. Yeah, yeah. The 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 rats are so cool. Yeah, they're, they're with really their little looking, yeah. panda faces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think there's slightly too much going on. Mm, a point is my, yeah. is my yeah. criticism, um, but I really liked it. Really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I feel like this, they pad the ending a little bit too much. Uh, like, yeah, that, that, I thought it went very slow in the middle. Yeah, when she's like uh, raising Kun to be mm. not a tiny little dolphin. I felt like yeah. Those points could maybe have been shortened a bit so that the ending could have been yeah. established a bit better. And elongated. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But it doesn't didn't dampen no, well, didn't, uh, pun for no. you. Uh didn't dampen my enjoyment of the film. I nearly said didn't dampen my enjoyment of the fish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to correct it quickly. Um uh, it was really good. It was a really great film. Um, I'm glad I bought it because I want to mm. watch it again. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm glad I bought it. Which is the only way you can watch it. Yeah, it's not available anywhere. I couldn't find it on no. any, not even any, like, dodgy sites. It's nowhere. Yeah, it we- is absolutely nowhere, which is, um, you know, it's very cheap, though. You can get it on Amazon uh, for, like, £10 yeah, or, like, much $7. Me, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, a fairly good uh, tr- uh, uh, copy to the oh, yeah, Blu-ray. yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't have any uh, any complaints on it. Yeah, no. Yeah, the um, really good. The, the the subtitling was fine. It was like mm. accurate. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and it, yeah. Um, what it does really well is that it does the um, it doesn't skip over signs and mm. things yeah, like that. Yeah. It translates every piece of language. Yeah, I was so you for get because yeah. like, I'm, I'm yeah I'm a sucker for that. I want to know what that sign says. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. I wish that this was almost like a series. Yeah, I would like another one. Yeah, mm. but I don't even know if the directors have done anything else. Because mm. I, I couldn't actually. Oh, they've not got actual links. On, no, that, um... yeah, that was the problem. Yeah, I don't know if they've got. A, do they have a IMDb page? Do they? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, known for one film, Big Fish in Begonia. Yeah. Wow. Which is a shame that they it haven't is, done yeah. anything else because yeah. it's great and it's um like what is it on uh, I think it's like ninety one percent on right oh yeah 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 it's, um, um, not that that's an indication of quality but no yeah yeah but it's it's it's, yeah. it's an impressive film it's it, it looks yeah. fantastic it sounds fantastic like I'd, if you're able to get a copy of it I'd say to give it a watch yeah I I'd give it a, a proper eight maybe an eight and a half out of ten yeah I would as well like yeah um it, there's a there, it definitely is a problem with the end being too condensed and the middle being too bloated yeah um the third act is really good but cut slightly too short because mm. a lot happens in that third act as well yeah it's um, um it, it escalates quickly mm. I um I uh, the funniest bit according to my son was when Zhao stepped under the horse and got shat on oh yeah that was pretty funny yeah yeah <laughs> uh, which is Evan's rating I like the bit where he got pooped on by the horse and I was like okay good good oh let Spivzy know that uh, 
<laughs> I like that part too. It was funny, and he also he also dove into a sewer. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, uh, and that the, was t- the, the, the rat- stink of love. <laughs> mm, the rat matron. It was like uh, aftershave to her. Yeah, <laughs> which is really weird. I really liked the rat matron as a character. I thought she was. Cool. Yeah, yeah, she was good. I just wish she was in it a bit more. She didn't seem like she was manipulating them too much. Yeah, I don't know if she was. Um, she was kind of like a trickster. Yeah, like she she wasn't manipulating them for terrible reasons. She just kind she just of wanted, wanted to, to go free. to the human world. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can appreciate that. What's she going to do there? Have more might. Maybe she's the reason there was a black plague. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. She's um, the bubonic woman. Yeah. So, genuinely, guys, if uh, if that sounded like something you'd be interested in, go and buy it because it is uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, I've so. never seen such a great Chinese animation. I can't I mean, I think of any that I've seen. I'm sure it has. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of anything that has stayed with me. Let's just say that. Um, Whereas I think this will. Um, It's very Spirited Away. If you like Spirited Away, there's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't like this. Um, I think in any, if anything, the narrative in this is slightly tighter Mm -hmm. than um, Spirited Away. Um, It reminds me more of uh, Mononoke. Yeah. In terms of story scale um, than it does of Spirited Away, although the setting is far more Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you like Mononoke, if you like Spirited Away, I think you'd like this as well. Um, should we take a break before Let's take we a break. come back to Dragon Prince? Um, Indeed. All right then. So uh, we'll see you in indeterminate amount of time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I think my coffee's gone cold. <laughs> I am Morley, the wizard, introducing you to adventure. It's Dungeon Fantasy Board Game. This family is on a challenging adventure in a scary dungeon, seeking treasure guarded by strange and wonderful monsters. Take it from Morley, Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons games from TSR play better. After all, (laughs) we are the game wizards. Welcome back, Toon fans. Uh, we are talking high fantasy today, and this is probably the uh, definition of what most of you would think of when you think mm. high fantasy. That or um, um, that uh, stoner comedy with James Franco and Steph Rogen. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is that called? I don't remember. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, Your Highness. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. It's so bad. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, Only remembered because Natalie Portman wears a chainmail thong. Yeah. That's literally the only reason that that film is brought up ever. Um, So, uh, Dragon Prince is uh, my choice for this week. Um, Also known as Dragon Prince, the Mystery of Aravos. Which really confused me when I was trying to find it. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I searched on Netflix Dragon Prince and it said Dragon Prince Mystery of Arizona or whatever it was. And I thought, yeah. oh, that must be like a, a movie they made or something or no, like, a, it, like a shorts. It, but no, that's it became that's the this the subtitle. It used to be called just Dragon Prince, yeah. and when they took it beyond three film, uh, three series, they changed the whole uh, show title to Mystery of Aravos. Um So, uh, is a animated television series for netflix that was created by aaron has um who is who was the principal writer on avatar last airbender um was he really yes that's uh that makes a lot of sense (laughs) yes because it is very avatar yeah um 
I would say that the difference between this and this is definitely more like Legend of Korra. Mm. Um, it's still acceptable for children, but there are a lot of adult themes in this uh, show. But the jokes are very, very deliberately childish. Yeah. Um, and there is a child character in it. So um, there's been five seasons so far, although there are another two planned. Um, and they follow the uh, naming conventions of the uh, Arcanum, which are the schools of magic mm-hmm. in the in Zadia. So um, they're this all is named some, that after is some high fantasy shit. Like that is the Arcanum, fantasy, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's set in a fictional land of Zadia. Um, don't know where it is. Don't know what planet it's on. Uh, which ha- is a continent. Um, and it's the story is surrounding three main characters: the human princes Callum and Ezrin, um, and the moon shadow elf Rayla, who um, have to basically transport the last uh, surviving dragon egg mm. back to Zadia in order to reunite it with its mother and stop a war. Yeah. Um, which is about as fantasy as you get. Yeah, it doesn't get any more um, than that. Yeah. It doesn't, no. If, the, it, um, just, if there was a wizard who was following around. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, Callum is a mage. Yes, yeah. Um, he, humans, uh, so basically the, the backstory, the lore, which is connected in these two episodes that I didn't really realise until I started <laughs> watching them again. Um, the humans and the Zadians... They're called the Zadians, even though the continent is called Zadia, and humans are there as well. So technically, humans are Zadians. Yeah. Uh, but the magical creatures of Zadia. Well, maybe live... they got there first, so the humans yes. don't, can't lay claim to it. Yeah, maybe they come from well, the Humia. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like um, magic is sort of like on the wane, and mm. humans are going to inherit Zadia eventually. Yeah. Um, so there are six primal sources of magic, uh, the ocean and the stars, the sun and the moon, and the sky and the earth. Um, now, unfortunately, um, humans aren't, can't access that primal magic, so they began to practice dark magic, which Ooh. is the killing of or sacrificing of a magical creature, dead or alive, in order to draw its magic and use it um, for something else. Now, dark magic is more powerful because it you can turn dark magic into any other magic. Um, and that's why uh, the, the ruling classes of Zadia, the dragons mm. and the elves, deemed to kick uh, the humans out of, of the magical half of Zadia towards the western coast. Yeah, because um, it is a, uh, it's pretty messed up to, <laughs> to, yeah. to do that. It's like... Yeah. Um, it's like uh, killing a killing somebody and then turning him into a gun and then saying, "Look, yeah. I've, I've invented the gun." Yeah, but yeah, you, exactly. You, you killed someone to do it. Um. So, uh, what has I picked the pilot and the uh my favorite episode of Dragon Prince, Soul Regum, um, mainly because it has two things in it: uh, lots of General Amaya mm-hmm. and lots of um. Uh, in a uh, sort of conversation with a dragon, yeah. which is yeah. essentially why I picked it. <laughs> but um, Echoes of Thunder is the first part of book one, which is Moon. Oh, and... I, I, I've got to say, I kind of hate it when TV shows are titled with books because yeah. it, it, it yeah. bugs me. It's 
it feels like you're trying to evoke a different kind of media and it's exactly like, just call it season one <laughs> it's, it's, i don't it's mind so book. much i don't mind so much in this because it feels like it's supposed to be a tale told yeah like, um, i think it works it, it depends on like the context around it but 99 percent of the time i just think it's yeah. a bit pretentious calling it a yeah book. like um heroes the tv show yeah, they did that where it was like book one Genesis, yeah, and then they just completely dropped it by season three, and it. <laughs> I think yeah, you might well just not have bothered. Like, just don't well, call it that sort of thing. So at least with this, they're following the Avatar thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. they were called books, and um, the Korra series were called books as well. Um, I don't know whether it's supposed to be paying heed to... Because there are a lot of Asian influences, even in the Dragon Prince. Mm, yeah, there is, yeah. Um, And I think that I don't know whether or not it's supposed to be paying heed to that. So I'll cut them a little bit of yeah, uh, slack yeah. on that. Um, Especially with him being the, the Avatar guy as well. Yes, it's, yeah. It, it feels John... Not, yeah, at that point it feels more like a... A, like, a thing that he does rather than something he feels like he has to do. It's like... Yeah, Jack know, DeSena, that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretentious, but I don't <laughs> mind it so much in this. Um, Sometimes so, I think being pretentious is good for a high fantasy, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, so Callum and Ezrin uh, are half-brothers. Half um, they are the son of... Well, hmm spoilers here uh they have a uh, maternal link yeah um he callum is the older brother he is the stepson of uh king jesus harrow king jesus um, uh i couldn't remember his name king harrow <laughs> and king harrow and his uh vizier the high mage viren can you tell that viren is going to be evil from the start I mean, of the very first episode just his name yeah exactly um i mean the first I mean, his thing name is get... villain <laughs> yeah, the first thing you get to see him is him gently stroking a magic mirror oh yeah yeah and then he and it's quickly like... hides it with a cloak uh-huh um, oh, that's not suspicious in the least no um it's like when so... you um you know with that bit in movies where somebody will put their sunglasses down slightly and dart their eyes back and forth <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they're not suspicious <laughs> or petting a cat sinisterly yeah. on the chair um we're human not guard is... <laughs> humans are evil <laughs> <laughs> um a human guard is out on patrol and is attacked by an elf um who is Rayla, mm-hmm. um who is definitely tasked to kill him but decides not to because she is very young mm. um and cannot although she's an assassin she can't bring herself to kill him yeah. Um, but then she goes back to her people, uh, the band of assassins that are there for some reason, mm-hmm. um, and says that she has killed the. Um, yeah, she lies. Her. The guard. Yeah, she can't. I, bring herself I to kill always it. appreciate things like this, where there's a, a character who is raised in a certain situation, like raised to believe a certain thing. Yeah. but has their own agency and doesn't yeah. want to do it. I really like those sorts of characters. She is a very strong, very positive uh, f- woman representation in yeah. this uh, show. She is absolutely fantastic. Um, I really love her Scottish accent as well. Yeah. It's really good. So I, I, did have to, elves... I did have to Google to check it was her actual accent, and it is. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so... just doing an accent. The Moonshadow Elves, which she is, are all British. Yeah. Um, 
the Sunfire Elves are all African, mm-hmm. uh, t- typically sounding French African. Um, the uh, I don't know if we've seen any of the other elves yet. Um, seen some of them, but they're all different um, races and um, nationalities. Yeah, and it's really great. It's really great. There's like um, like more European elves and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, but back in the castle, um, they're. Viren and Harrow are told that there are Moonshadow Elves coming um, and they can only be there to assassinate the king and, yeah. um, because something has happened. <laughs> something has happened um, and they they are expecting reprisal. Um, so Ezrin and Calamus are called in and they're sent away to the Banther Lodge, which is very Star Wars sounding, but it's just basically <laughs> the snowy winter lodge that they go to. Um but yeah, they have to in, like, get them get them out of the way, basically. Yeah. yeah. But before that, um, Viren's son and daughter are introduced. Soren, who's the um, a member of the Crown Guard, mm. um, who is teaching Callum how to sword fight and is always quite mean to him. He calls him the Step Prince and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, his mother has only died a couple of years ago as well. Um, he's quite mean to him, but in a big brother type yeah, of way. Yeah, did, it didn't seem like... Mean, mean. Yeah, it was. It was like coated in something else. It was more like, yeah, yeah like ribbing more than being yeah. evil to him. Um, I didn't get the feeling I, he was going to be a bad guy or anything. No, 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 no. Um, and Soren is one of the best sword fighters in Catullus, the yeah. kingdom. There's a the, few. In, there's a few human kingdoms. This um, part of it where they're doing the sword fighting, and he talks about mm-hmm. how, like how the prince, how a prince is expected to be to know how to sword fight. Yeah, it's very ranking of kings. A very, yeah. very ranking of kings. Yeah. Which is another Absolutely. brilliant bit of high fantasy, if anybody wants to watch yeah. that as well. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so then my favourite character is introduced, Soren's sister, Claudia, um, who is... Uh, she's the daughter of Viren, mm. um, and she is um, a doofus. Yeah. She nearly walked into she a tree is... in her first introduction. Yeah. Yeah, she is a lovable doofus that sounds like she's been smoking 20 cigarettes a day. <laughs> um, and um, Callum is deeply in love with her, mm. um, has loved her for a long time. Um, so... Uh, Which I thought it's funny that Soren like, helps him out with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it is true, big brother yeah. type of thing. He likes Callum and Ezrin, um, and so does Claudia, Um so uh, Callum tries to join the uh, King's Guard in order to um, go and find. Oh, sorry, I've, I've skipped a bit. Viren summons Soren and Claudia in order to tell them that the Moonshadow Elves are here and that mm. Soren should take out a, a legion of the King's Guard to look look for them uh, with a Lunaris, which is a green moth. Mm, which is um, a real moth. They yeah, were, yeah. Um, Luna moths. Yeah. Um, and Callum tries to join, but um, Soren says he can't. He's too young. Yeah. He's terrible. He's got and ceremonial. Armor. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Where he says it's um, <laughs> twice as heavy and half as <laughs> half as good. Half as terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, Rayla comes back to camp uh, to Runan, who's the leader, um, and. She, Rayla, has covered her swords in berries. Mm. Her swords are fantastic. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, yeah, but they can become anything, like hooks, 
Um, she sometimes like whirls them around. They're like a butterfly knife, but like far more mm. interesting. Yeah. Um, she covers them in berry juice, so it looks like there's blood on them. Which and I, then... I, I think they would have noticed that straight away. Yes, <laughs> I do as well. She tries to hide it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I can only assume these berries are very like blood, blood <laughs> berries. Um, but then they do this binding ceremony, which is really important to the mm. story. They pledge an oath to finish their mission. Um, mm. And yeah. given that Rayla has already um, broken, already the oath. broken yeah. that oath, um, you can tell she's not going to go through with anything. Um, Once they've killed the king, because they're here to kill um, Harrow, Runan is going to send an arrow, a special arrow to the Queen of the Dragons. Mm -hmm. They're doing this because, um, spoilers, um, the humans have taken the last egg of the dragons, um, which is why they're trying to get the Dragon Prince. And that's why the show is called The Dragon Prince, because they're trying to get the Dragon Prince back to the dragons later on. Yeah. So... When I first heard about this show, I assume that Callum was the Dragon Prince. Ah. Because that's, um, I think that was the implication from the title mm. and the main character. But He is he is a great character. He yeah. is so desperate to be um, to be a mage because he wants to be a hero. But humans cannot connect themselves, or they're told they can't, connect themselves to the Arcanum. The mm. only way they can do it is through dark magic. And he flatly refuses to do it because he doesn't want to kill anything. Which um, is a, just... a noble way to be. Exactly. Even sometimes when he has to, when it, it means not saving people, he won't do it. Mm. He does it once in the series, and it has disastrous effects. Um, so uh, yeah, so the moth leads the king's guard to a clearing, but Runan has cast a spell to conceal their presence. And as soon as they leave, the um, elves realise that Rayla has been lying about the. Um, about the fact that she killed the scout. Yeah. So he says that, you know, by allowing that human to live, she's condemned them to death. Because if they can't, if they are found before the moon is at its peak, yeah. they are easier to kill. Which I, um, I thought it was a bit over dramatic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it is literally the day before they get a march on the capital. Yeah. Um, so that's You've the first You've killed episode. us all. <laughs> I think more it should be like you've betrayed us. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it was um, uh, more psychological manipulation. Yeah. Make it seem worse than it actually is. Um, or yeah. he's just a coward. A dick. Like, he yeah. is a bit of a dick. He is a bit of a dick. He's a bit like too hot. She, he is um, Rayla's uncle's husband. Right. Um, which isn't revealed now, but um, they're, they're family. So he's even harsher on her. Mm. Um, the other episode I picked was Soul Regum, which is undoubtedly a better episode, yeah. but is the first episode of season three. Yeah. Now, Soul Regum is the dragon from the opening narration of the first episode, and he um, is he meets the the leader of the humans, which was like a thousand years ago, um, after they have just learned how to do dark magic and tells him that they must stop. This is before mm. the humans are kicked out of Zadia. And um, he says if he doesn't, he's going to destroy the human city. And Hundreds of thousands guy. of lives. Yeah. Um, there are children there. Yeah, there are women and children. <laughs> um, 
And Ziad, I think his name is, um, was given his staff by an unknown force. Yeah. Um, so he was he was given the the means to do dark magic by something else. Um, and uh, in battle, he is obliterated by Sol Regum. Uh, yeah, just he's incinerated. Got, he's, yeah, he's he's gone. He's like, he's um, <laughs> Sarah Connor Terminator Two. Yeah, um, <laughs> still hanging on the chain link fence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Sol Regum is blinded and in yeah. the following thousand years becomes cruel and um, nasty and evil. Um, he is the coolest looking dragon mm. I have ever seen. <laughs> that um, that helm of horns that he has is so good, cool looking. Yeah, it is. I really love it. It's cool, yeah. It's a, um, uh, it's kind of um, what's that? The Elden Ring. It's Elden Ring. Yeah, like anything yeah. where things have crowns like built into their into their body. Yeah, like blasphemous. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, and that's what it feels like. He's like the the anti dragon. Yeah, um, but he's got like broken claws and his wings are all tattered. He can't. It doesn't look like he can fly anymore. Um, he is the keeper of the way into Zadia. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's just, he's hideous. Um, now essentially, um, Callum and Rayla, who are carrying, um, the now hatched dragon prince, Azimondius, who is called Zim. Zim. Um, (laughs) uh, Not the alien. No. Back to Zadia, and this is one of the only paths they can use, because the other path, the breach... Is um the way is is militarized. Mm. So on one side it's got the Sun Elves, on one side it's got the kick-ass General Amaya, who is one of the best characters in all of animation, <laughs> in my eyes. Um, she is um deaf mute, and she signs accurately mm. throughout the whole series. Which was um, I was glad for that. Yeah, uh, she is much beloved by the fan base. Um, she is fair. Uh, she is a really good, loving aunt to the. She, she's the aunt of the uh, princes, mm. uh, which you wouldn't know if you hadn't seen the. the no, no, uh, no. I just thought she, she was is like a, um, a badass a, general. Yeah, yeah, like a guard. Yeah, yeah. She's the military leader. Um, what I love about her is that she fights with a sword and a shield, but she defends with the sword and she fights with the shield. That's cool. Yeah. Um, her shield is amazing. I love it. It's just the hugest shield. <laughs> um, so she um, she is stationed at the breach and she defends against the Sunfire Elves who keep her for the last essentially two years have been trying to get into the human half of Zadia. Mm. Um so Callum, Rayla and Zim are trying to get past Sol Regger. He's blind. They have to um, trick his senses. Uh, I really like the, um, you know, he's blind. So we only have to worry about two senses, his <laughs> um, his hearing and his smell. Yeah, and Callum's this, like, well, what that about... That was a good exchange, yeah. <laughs> what about the other two senses? Well, if he touches you, uh, it's too late. And if he tastes you, it's too late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Callum has by this point used dark magic to save another dragon. Mm. Um, and he can tell. And Sol Regum can smell it on him and yeah. he gets furious and he wants to kill him. He won't let him through. To, it's not that he won't let him go home. It's not that he won't let him pass. He has to kill him because he reminds him of the person who um, blinded him. So uh, back at the border, 
uh, they realise that Amaya realises that she's got to close the breach. The Sunfire Elves are, are, are taking ground and taking ground and taking ground. And her, um, we, it's revealed to us that her interpreter has been in Catullus, mm. uh, but been detained because he was supposed to get reinforcements. And Viren has been held, uh, been being held prisoner for high treason. He's also got a bug in his ear, but I'm not going to explain why he's got a bug in his ear. <laughs> don't explain. Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> um, I want the mystery. So Zim, Zim is terrified, and um, it, it's causing a distraction. And Sol Regum is trying. Uh, I love the way he breathes fire. He has to charge his scales. Essentially, it's like a um, a meter on yeah, a video like, game. Um, it's a charging solar beam. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it just looks so good because his whole neck starts to glow. Um, so what happens? Um, Rayla takes uh, Callum's sweaty scarf that he's been wearing for like two weeks without bathing <laughs> um, and uses it to fall Soul Regum into chasing her. Mm. Um, but then she gets caught in a landslide. It's, there's a lot um, happens in this one. Yeah, really a <laughs> lot. Then Amaya realises that she, uh, they have to blow up the breach, so they put explosive barrels down. Um, but when they bl- try and pull the fuse, it's been disconnected by the Sunfire Elves. The mm. head of the Sunfire Elf, Elves is also really cool. She's got like a glowing sword and a horned helm. And when she gets angry, her skin cracks and there's Ooh. like magma underneath. That's cool. Um, I like that sort she's of really, really That's cool. That's like uh, when um, you go renegade in Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Amaya realises that she has to do it on... She has to do it. She has to go and stop the uh, Sunfire Elves and blow the breach. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Callum gets uh, Rayla to take off her scarf, and he does the only the, one of the only two spells he can do at the moment, Aspero, mm. which is a uh, s- small control of the wind through his breath, yeah. um, and he can direct it, and he directs the scarf into a, a archway, and Sol Regum pushes through the archway, but can't pull it back, can't pull his head back out, so he gets trapped in there. That's that must be terrifying for a blind person. Yeah, uh, it's quite it's horrible. Um, so Janai, the um, head of the Sunfire Elves, has cut the cable and Amaya rides her horse into battle, jumps over Janai, fights her with, um, even though the sword she wields can cut armour and cut shields, and takes the sword from her and uses it to blow one of the barrels up. Um, <laughs> that was cool. She's, that was a little it was really cool. Yeah, it's a good um, action sequence, yeah. Um, there's lots of good stuff involving Amaya. It's really great. Um Janai is blown off the um, path, but Amaya, uh, because she is a good person, pulls her up and helps her and stops her from being uh, from dying. Essentially, mm. that's um, that's always a point that they have to put in these kinds of shows, though. Yes, the yeah, uh, the absolutely. rescuing your villain. It's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, I, exactly. I think it's a good thing to put in because um, it. I mean, it would be a bit weird if she just like let somebody fall to their death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She. Um, is always the voice of reason as well, which is ironic because she is mute. Mm. Um, but she is always the one who, you know, she's prepared for war, but she actually wants peace. 
um, she is the definition of a peacekeeper. Yeah. She is, is not keen to fight. She wants to protect people. That's the only reason why she fights. And then you get two scenes which will make absolutely no sense if you haven't watched <laughs> any of the other episodes. I In know, prison, I, mean, I, get, I kind of, uh, I got the gist. <laughs> yeah. In prison, Viren looks like a zombie yeah. and has a bug in his ear. And then Ezrin comes on the back of a giant wolf bear yeah, and bantha. takes the crown. A banther. Um, takes the crown of Cont- of Catullus. Yeah, um, now, he's, now he's king. Now he's the king. Um, so I'm eager to hear what you thought of Dragon Prince. Um, I will. I'll, I'll do my negative first. Sure. I thought this show was incredibly ugly. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. It's compu- it's uh, it was computer animated because of large parts of it were commu- computer animated because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are bits where it looks really good, and there are bits when characters turn and mm. their animation doesn't look quite right. First episode, especially whenever anybody opened their mouth to talk, it just yeah. got like an O shape, like a Do like you know- an oval. Do you know what it reminded me of? You know um, Captain Kangaroo, where it's a static image and a person's mouth is moving? Is that yeah, ca- um, no, uh, no, that's um, uh, Clutch so Cargo. Uh, yeah, it gets better as the show goes on. Yeah, see, the the, the episode in season three it looked tons better than the first Miles one. better, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, it, it was still the same kind of animation, but it yeah. was it was better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that's not my main complaint. But other, yeah. other than that, I enjoyed it, but I think I would have to get into it properly yeah, because there's absolutely. so much to it. Like I feel like it would have to be like an, a, a fixation for me to yeah. care enough to continue watching the entire series. Like it would it's need to really grab me. So much. There's so much lore, and yeah. there's a bit of lore in each episode. Like you find out how um, Callum and Ezrin's mother died. You find out why the war was sparked. Um, you find out that at one point Viren goes to the council because he wants to start war. He wants to preempt the war mm. and go and uh, kill the dragons and the elves. And he tells this massive story um, that nearly sways the council, but he's too vociferous and too angry about yeah. it. So they turn him down. Um, the third series of Dragon Prince. So the first, when I first started watching it, I started watching it in uh, COVID when I was looking after Evan because I wasn't at work yet. Yeah. Um, so I was off with him while Rachel was working. And um, we watched it together and I thought, oh, this is, this is far more childish than... Um, then this is like Avatar all over again. Yeah, like, yeah. It starts really childish. It's going to go somewhere. Um, season three is... Season two is good. Season mm. two is really good. But season three is phenomenal. Is that it's when it gets just, good? Yeah. It, there is a... The, to be honest, I think they should have left it at three seasons. Yeah. Because everything is... Uh, not everything is resolved. But the main story is resolved. Mm, um, yeah. But Viren and Claudia become really really good characters who um have you can you can see the reasons why they're doing things and callum changes completely and so does um ezrin um and zim's around so it's like it's just a re- like the politics of the show yeah. start to become more important as well like season three is about like the the burdens of the crown on a young person and like how the the world sees like a young king uh while also because uh Rayla and callum are in zadia you start to see some of the zadian politics mm. 
That um, could be why it didn't grab me as much as it could have, yeah. though. Because I can never care about the politics of stuff in fantasy things. Like but... it, it, unbelievably uninteresting to me. Like uh, like Game of Thrones, I could never get into it because it's all about politics. Like so, even when there's like uh, subterfuge and stuff, I just can't care about who's in charge in these worlds. Yeah. I don't know why, but it the, never does anything for me. The politics of Catullus um, are about a rise to villainy. Yeah. Which makes it far more interesting. It's yeah. about the um the lies that are being told. You have to bear with it because yeah. at the start <laughs> it's like the start is a three parter, so it's unfair to um let you watch one part because it was released as an hour and a half one one episode. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But on Netflix it's what it's three parts. Um so I would I would definitely watch the first three parts and see if something gels mm, because yeah. it is it is it's such a good show it's such a great show um, d- one of my favourite things I've watched in the last sort of like five ten years um, and I'd include like not just animated programs but yeah. like actual f- real life real life live action <laughs> real media. things yeah um, real things um, so for me it's a nine but. The Soul Rigum is the best episode of Dragon Prince, apart from the finale to season three, which I didn't feel comfortable showing you because it <laughs> has so many spoilers in it. You'd never, there'd never be a reason to watch it. But every episode has that sort of has a hint of lore, and you find out something new about the universe, like be it like what the Arcanums mean, or how to tap into them, or you know what it costs you to use dark magic, mm. because in that Soul Regum episode where you saw Viren in the cell, he's like zombified. He's like white skinned and cracked and his yeah. eyes are dark and it's because he's been using too much dark magic. Yeah, it saps, um, saps your your life away. Yeah, from it has you. a cost. Yeah. Um but it's great. I would I would genuinely give it a try. Yeah, I might do. Yeah. I'll get I'll try <laughs> the other two episodes of the first at the, at the beginning. I'll like I'll, I'll finish the first episode, as it were, yeah. <laughs> but how yeah. it should actually be viewed. Well, I'll see yeah. if it um, if it grabs me. I think part of the issue is that honestly, I'm not that into high fantasy. No, no which <laughs> makes it slightly higher. Yeah. Uh, a hard sell. Like I'm way more into sci-fi than high yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Like high sci-fi, brilliant. Like fantasy sci-fi, even better. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think I need that. Like, um, I think it might be like. I don't know. I feel like high fantasy worlds are sometimes a bit too self-contained. Like I want it mm. to go further than they do. Like it's always like in one continent, and I, I want mm. it to be like go to the next continent and see what the deal is. Yeah. The, yeah. the good thing about Dragon Prince is that all the areas in the land, like I see it as just one planet, because yeah. it is. It feels like there is only one continent on this planet. Yeah. Because they are there are such different climates and stuff like that. Um, like that, everywhere is so different. Like the Sunfire Elf Land is basically Africa. Yeah. Um, it has exactly the same sort of um, topology and climate and population. Um, I will say this as well: it's the most inclusive show I think there's ever been. Mm, um, yeah. There are non-binary characters and transgender characters. Um, there's uh, homosexual relationships that are really portrayed well um, and aren't called out for being that 
They yeah, just they yeah. just exist. So it doesn't feel um, like there's no arguments about um, performativeness and stuff like that. They're just people that love each other. And I think it's a really positive, positive um, way to uh, incorporate things like that into your show. Because um, mm. I haven't heard anyone um, get on their high horse about Dragon Prince, which is really odd to me because there's such an abundance of um, inclusivity yeah. that I would have thought one, some right-wing nutjob would have d- done a video on it by now. But actually, <laughs> it, it's flown under the radar and actually resonated with people because it's just about personal interconnection mm. rather than, um, you know, like uh, a cause... Um, which I feel is still like you know needed. There needs to be a banner flown. Yeah, um, yeah. But in this show, this world accepts every sort of loving relationship, which, which is, is good. It's great. Mm. Yeah. So I think it doesn't need to do that. It just tells the story with the people in it, um, which is great. It's a really nice thing to watch. So yeah. So I'd give it a nine. It's, it's one of my favourite cartoons. Um, it's definitely jumped uh, up. But the, unfortunately, the fourth and fifth series are not really doing it for me. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah. And I feel like they're building to something, but they're building a little slower than I would like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the first three series are great. Definitely worth a watch. Mm. I'll give it a go. I'll give it All another right. try. I'll, I'll finish yeah. watching the first bit. Yeah. See, so how, on, see how, it, how it gets me. On first impressions, what would you give it rating wise? Six, six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Like it's I think it's because the context is missing, right? Yeah, yeah. I need, need like because there's so much lore in it. Yeah, like, I do feel like there's a lot in it where I wasn't getting the full experience. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's hard because uh, I don't want to just show a pilot episode. I feel like you need to see the best episode or one of the best episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the design work is something that I really like. Um, like everyone's costume and and the world looks good. Um, like I love the way Claudia looks with her feathered um, shoulder pads and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like she could pull something out of it and use it for dark magic. Um, but yeah, cool. I would I'd be keen to hear what you felt after you watched the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah. I will. Right. Attention shoppers. The new Atari cartridge game is in. Excuse me. Uh-oh. George again. Atari's AFC battle. It comes with 27 games, but that's just for starters. You can get nine cartridges, 187 games. Blackjack. I'd like an Atari. Sorry. Only our demonstrators left. Mine! No, George. Mine. The new video computer system by Atari. More games, more fun. Have we... Uh, got any emails? Uh, yeah, let me just uh, grab my phone. Uh, this one is from Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Hello, this is my email. I don't have much to say on ducks or fantasy cartoons, besides that both remind me of being sick at home. Especially mm. 70s, 80s fantasy with that puke colour they would always choose, choose to use. Mm. Like, Sludgy oh, green. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, um, Sage. I think it looked like weirdly dirty, didn't it? It looked like, yeah. <laughs> it looked like they'd filmed in the dark. Like, like that's, drawn in the dark. But that's one of the two things. That's one of the things that I like about these two things that we've chosen. It's not all greens and browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really colourful world. Which I think I think fantasy should be colourful. Yeah, because it's fantasy. You can. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be all dark and dreary. No, 
Um, here's a belated Frank Welker fun fact. In, in, in DuckTales, Welker provided the voices of Big Time Beagle, Baggy Beagle, Bubba Duck, Poe, Farley Foghorn, Megabyte Beagle, Poupon, Poupon, Poupon. Uh, Walter Cronduck and Vaca- Vacation Va- Van Honk. And Walter in Darkwing Cronduck. Duck, he voiced Ants, Archie, Carnivorous Plant, Demon Umbrellas, Dwayne, Eek and Squeak, Giant Flesh-Eating Slug Monsters from Mars, Gorillas, Guard Dog, Quiverwing Cr- Quack, Hamburger Hippo Cook, Larson Lilliput, Macorba Cat, Nero Nicto, some plants, Posey, a security guard, a tall mutant mushroom, and tight bill. Wow. So I've no idea who any of those are. And no. sound effects are intriguing. Frank probably doesn't remember playing them all either with all the other characters he's played, but the man's a national treasure, along with June Foray and Mel Blanc. Billy West is getting close, but I'm not sure if he has the same sheer number of characters, just mm-hmm. memorable ones. Toondles. Thomas. Well, that's a big list of um, he was in everything, wasn't it? Parts. Yeah, I love that he produced sounds for ants. Yeah, I mean, what does an ant even sound like? Like, I mean, you could have just had one of the that that just shows how much of a respect there was for voice animation back in the day. Yeah, it's sadly missing now, right? Yeah, yeah, back when you actually had voice actors and it wasn't just regular celebrities. Yeah. Chris, Chris Pratt. I, I use Chris Pratt, but actually he did a really bang up job on Mario. So it's yeah, I mean he's not. Hard. He's honestly he's not a bad voice actor. He's just in no. everything. He's he's yeah. too you know too prevalent. Yeah, and he's Chris Pratt, and I don't like Chris Pratt like, no. as a person. But yeah, he, he, I don't think that takes away from his voice acting abilities. No, like I think he's got something there. He he just needs to stop being a bit of a weirdo in real life. He needs to stop being a religious nut job. Yeah, like a lot of religious nut jobs need to stop being religious nut jobs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this email is entitled "Fantasy Cartoons" and it's from Matthew. Ooh, hey, you toon dogs! I don't know much about your picks this week, but I just want to use this as an excuse to ask if you've ever heard of Tigtone. It's a bonkers adult swim cartoon that's terrible to look at, but kind of fascinating and hard to forget. I only heard of it from a single Reddit comment saying it wasn't going to be on streaming anymore, and it feels like a fever dream, so I wanted to share it. I'm going to Google it, because I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. T-I-G-T-O-N-E. Images? Ooh, wow, that is ugly. Jeez. Oh, I have to do. It. I have to do it now. Yeah. Tigtone. It's like um. Oh God. Like Aragorn, yeah. but we yeah. do it like a Wojak face. Now I've got oh, no God, idea. It looks, it looks like it was done in flash animation. Yeah. Oh God, it looks terrible. <laughs> every every picture is him doing the same face. Yeah. Do you think he just does that all the way through the show? He's silently screaming. It's like when you see someone yawn when you're driving past them. And you're <laughs> you like, are they screaming yawn. or yawning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's ugly. I don't yeah. know if I'll be watching this one. <laughs> might might do it for a laugh. Maybe, yeah. Also, really wish Disenchantment was better. Bye. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think everyone does, right? Yeah. Um, oh, there was, so there, was some, there was something to it to begin with. Like First mm. season, not bad. But then I just couldn't bring myself to care about any of it. That's it just wasn't really funny. <laughs> it yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't funny. Yeah. So when I watched the first season, and I was like, oh, I don't care if I watch the second season. So it didn't really didn't really offend me any any. It wasn't like I'm not watching this. It's terrible. Yeah. But it was like I don't care enough to watch it, which is somehow worse for me. <laughs> yeah. 
It's no adventure time. Give it that. No, no. That I, think, I, I like the new load of high fantasy stuff and fantasy mm-hmm. series. You can't get better than Adventure Time, to be honest. That's true. Yeah. We would have picked it if we hadn't picked it already for something else. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, Fiona and Ka- Cake to finish before I uh, yeah get people to watch that with me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm forcing you when it when, like the last two episodes of next week, and then you've got to watch all ten episodes because you're gonna. Love oh, it. do I? You do. Like you. It's oh, honestly, do I? Midnight Mass. Yes, because it's it's Adventure Time. Like okay, right, it's enough. your it's your thing. But yeah, I'll you're gonna it just love so it. I have the, I'll do it just so I have the high ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's a good reason to do anything is have high ground. <laughs> Don't try it. It is so good though. Like the um, I watched episode seven and eight yesterday yeah and it's amazing it's genuinely an amazing show like i didn't know they were going to do it at, like justice because of how different mm. it is to regular adventure time but it's like the show has grown up with the viewers but not in like that weird dark gritty edgy sort of mm. way it's like it's done from a place of like this is how people should be growing up with animation. Yeah. It's really good. You've got to watch it. Right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh oh, V didn't watch the things for this episode and it's getting late. <laughs> this is an email from V. Yeah, I gathered. Yeah. Bark, bark, tunists. It's me, literally the best hound and true host of the podcast, V. How has this changed? She was <laughs> assistant of a couple of weeks ago, apparently. <laughs> she's, she's the host now. Right. Gosh, do I like to write coherent emails with questions and back and forth. I do definitely you? I wonder why <laughs> you don't do that then. I definitely didn't have a long talk with the HR department here in Toon Towers about how my emails are bad for team morale and Rich's productivity. Well, want to understand this reference, Toon fans? Listen to episode, I think it was Caveman Cartoons or Gendy Tartakovsky. Excelsior. <laughs> I didn't watch Dragon Prince or Princess in Patagonia, I forget what it's called. <laughs> Do you know what I kept thinking of when I was like saying the name Big Fish in Begonia? There's a song in Forbidden Zone, the mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo movie mm-hmm. called Pico and Sebulveda, and I kept saying it in that like yeah. cadence in my head, where it's Big Fish and Begonia. But yeah, um, I'm sorry, V. It's a sin that you, above all other listeners, <laughs> have not watched Dragon Prince because. Yeah. There is some, there is some gender in that, yeah. in that cartoon that I think you would appreciate, and I think personally you would love Amaya as much as I do. It's it's V canon. It's V, yeah. It's it's caps locks on. Yep. Full Dragon Prince. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't watch Dragon Prince. Uh, I forgot what it's called. So he said, I would take this email off the rails. Choo choo. What other tunes did you watch this week, Toonsters? Were they good? Yeah, there were because I watched Cake and Fiona, Fiona and Cake. I what did I watch? Uh, I watch. I'm watching through Rebels again um, mm. because I really liked Rebels when it first came out, and no one else did. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong then. And then I'm watching through <laughs> no, Rebels again. The children and I'm are thinking, wrong. And then I'm thinking, actually, you, whoever said Rebels was bad is an idiot because it's better than the Clone Wars. Um, and uh, it's only enhancing my enjoyment of what is already a really, really good series of Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, 
Have you watched any more of Ahsoka? No. No, because nah, the first bother. one is... Yeah, yeah, the first one you said was a little bit too... Yeah, I couldn't... Dependent. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. I didn't understand anything that was happening, so I thought, it right. isn't for me. But It's great. It's so good. Uh, J- Josh and I have been talking about it non-stop. Um, <laughs> just like what we think is going to happen. Is it going to reset the sequel uh, trilogy? Um, which I don't know if they will. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, 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 I don't think they are because they're doing that thing with... Um, Daisy Ridley's in that new one. I, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I, they've said a lot of things are going to happen in the past, like Rogue Squadron, and it never yeah. happened. And uh, so Taika Waititi's I'm, trilogy that yeah. he was doing, which um, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the success of Dave Filoni's Star Wars meant that Kathleen Kennedy was moved on. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like every podcast I'm on, I just talk about Star Wars now. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, so I watched Rebels. Um, I was forced to watch Cars midweek because Evan likes Cars. And I'm trying to wean him off of it. <laughs> uh, watched a lot of X Men. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of X Men. Um, we're on season three. Uh, Evan absolutely adores X Men, which is a balm to my soul. Oh, uh, he's, he's going to have a lot to read. <laughs> he gets well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, I can see him longingly looking at the books on the shelves, and I'm yeah. saying to him, absolutely not, in no way, shape, or form are you allowed to touch those. Um, <laughs> you get your chocolate fingers all over him. He said to me the other day, like, why have you got so many X Men books? And I was like, because X Men's a co- comic before it was a cartoon. And he was what? like, he was like, so so it's the same X-Men. And then he made me show him all the pictures of Beast in the books and stuff yeah. like that because he absolutely loves the Beast. Um, and uh, he was he said, could you read it to me? And I was like, maybe when you're a bit older uh, mm. and I have picked out some stories that I think would be a bit better for you. Yeah, and he was you have like, to do okay, all the sound but... effects and everything. <laughs> yeah. Snicked. <laughs> Snicked, said Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got a uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales outfit. Oh yeah, that, I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that he took the trampoline in the other day, um, <laughs> and everyone was like, "There's this cool kid on the trampolines in a Miles Morales outfit," um, <laughs> but he won't take it off. He will not take it off. He's like that kid from Daddy Daycare who wears the Flash outfit. Oh yeah, <laughs> God, that's yeah. a pull. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you watched so, any yeah. of the, any of the the Lou Noah decks, the new lower decks yet? No, I haven't. I want it to finish, and then yeah. I'm going to watch it all together. Labs episodes um, are really good, like really fun. I I um I'm watching through uh, Star Trek Picard at the moment, and why? Deeply, well, <laughs> because no, the third series because I haven't oh, okay. seen yeah, it. Why? <laughs> um, but I'm deeply wondering whether or not they listened to my M class uh, story and ripped yeah. out some bits of it because some of it is so close. <laughs> um, Great but it wouldn't minds. surprise me. It, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like, um, you know, writers could listen to podcasts about the things that they're writing about, right? Well, um, I don't think they tend to because of the, the there's too many legal issues with it. Mm, like, I mean, okay. especially with Star Trek, because they had that that lawsuit on Discovery because somebody on DeviantArt had written a thing about tardigrades. Tardigrades, yeah. But that never went anywhere, did it? No, it didn't, no. no. Um, but, like, we say quite often, like, we watch Lower Decks and there's things that we've put in um, TTOS, like, yeah, a few I th- years I think ago. I think it's just weird. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just make, does make me think, like, we could have written Lower Decks. Yeah, we could have, yeah. yeah. And um, it would be better because we'd have Crash in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be a commander on the ship. It'd be great. Yeah, he would be the Jack Ransom character. Yeah. 
Still voiced by um, what's his face? Um, oh shit! Yeah, uh, O'Connell, uh, Jerry Jess, O'Connell, Jesse McCartney. Yeah, no, <laughs> Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yeah, Jesse McCartney. Um, um, yeah. V has continued her email to say. Oh yeah, I forgot we were talking about emails. I'm 500 episodes deep into The Simpsons. I just watched the Lady Gaga episode. Uh oh, stinky! That yeah, is I... genuinely. The worst episode of The Simpsons. Even worse than the Ricky Gervais one. It's terrible. It's honestly, it's awful. There was like a period in the the mid twenty seasons mm. where they would have a guest character on, where it felt like the the guest agent had too much leeway in what they talked right. about, where it made everything seem like, wow, uh, JJ Abrams is here. He's the greatest director on the on the planet. We love JJ Abrams. We can't make fun mm. of him in any way. Whereas in the past, where there would be a celebrity character on, they would like rib on them, like they would say yeah. some, like they would like make fun of them. But they didn't do that for a couple of years. And the like, Lady Gaga episode is just Lady Gaga is the best. We love Lady Gaga. Everybody wants to be uh, Lady Gaga, and it's crap. It's really bad. My favourite um, Simpsons celebrity cameo is when Sting is helping dig in Bart oh, out yeah. the well and he <laughs> yeah. says anything for a fan. <laughs> yeah. Marge is like, I don't think he ever listened to music. Shut up, Marge, he's a good digger. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good episode. Radio yeah. Bart, that's a good episode. Um, do, 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 two news time. I didn't find any two news. Good segment, V. <laughs> oh, wow. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Did you notice that everyone signs off with Toodles now? <laughs> toodles. They do, don't they? They do, yeah. Is that weird? It's, just, it's like a hive mind. Because we don't tell people yeah. to do this stuff. Like, No. It just happens. It's like um, how Trek Boys evolved. Yeah. On, um, that's gone now on M-Class. Well, of course it is, because emails has gone. But, yeah. Um, Rip. Yeah. Um, there was a funny thing that um, we told everyone that it was Jeff's fault that um, <laughs> emails had been finished on M Class, and I felt really bad about it. But um, it was also really funny because um, Jeff thinks everyone thinks it was him anyway, even though it yeah. was sort of like a joint decision. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. Like Josh just went with it, and I was just kind of like, "Oh God, he's going to hate that." <laughs> Cruel, you evil. Yeah. Uh, that's emails. Cool. Those were All the right. emails. Well, so uh, Spiffy and I have picked a month's worth of content for you. More than um, that, because it's every two weeks. Oh, yeah, it's two months. Yeah. So the next episode, we're going to do wrestling tunes. Yeah, wrestling. We're going to get the old wrestling ring out, <laughs> and we're going to do some wrestling tunes. Then we're going to do technological advancements in tunes. So we're going to do anything that demonstrates a jump in animation technology. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be better than it sounds, believe me. Uh, the way I've described it doesn't make it sound good. Then we're going to do animated insertions. So um, a live action project where there's been an animated component to it. Yeah. And that could be something like Bedknobs and Broomsticks or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We won't do Who Framed Roger Rabbit again because that would be boring. And then we're doing Pirates. Pirates. Why? Because we are... <laughs> Oh, jeez. I see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's wrestling, tech advancements, animated insertions, and pirates. Animated insertions sounds like a euphemism. It is it's not. not. No. I'm um, sure there's a word for it. <laughs> there must be like a term for it, yeah. 
and assertions, yeah. And assertions. Um, so if you want to be a, if you want to send an email in, like our fellows on Toonhounds have just done, then you can send it to toonhounds at gmail.com. We read every email, regardless of how boring or banal they are, V. Um, and <laughs> I don't, I don't read the ones. For, I don't read my promotional emails. Like, oh no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> we, we read everyone from a genuine fan. Yeah, everybody's um, real. Yeah. And if you are uh, a bot, you... I can tell. Yes. Yeah. V. Mate... <laughs> V264972X. Um, also, if you want to be a patron of the show, you want to um, join our Discord, suggest themes to us, because some of these themes have been talked about in the in the Discord, um, then you can go to patreon.com slash toonhounds, and for as little as a pound a month, I think it's a mm. pound, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. You can, you can join the chips, Discord. and as yeah, exactly. uh, David Dickinson would say. And n- no one apart from us two and V know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. So next time we're going to do be doing wrestling. Wrestling. Um, Can't wait. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we've got some good ones picked out. Really good ones that are going to be really funny to talk about <laughs> or just awful. <laughs> yeah. Either one of those two. Um, and we'll see you in two weeks. Um, so in the meantime, be kind to each other, be kind to yourselves and keep on tuning. Keep on tuning. Do, 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 do. That's our, that's our outro. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.